The Athletic. Totally Football Show, European edition. Today, Champions League Old Friends Reunion Special. As Tommy T takes on Pep, Carlo faces Frankie and Romelu meets old friend crushing disappointment in front of goal. We look ahead to the midweek action, catch up on the weekend's big beefs, say hands off mothers and ask where did all the goals go? It's the Totally Football Show. Tuesday the 11th of April, listen, thank you for joining us. Conditions unusual, I would say, for today's yep. Totally Football show. We've got, yeah, Julien Laurence is here with us, all right, George? Bonjour. Also, Alvaro Romeo has made the trip in. Thanks, Alvaro. Buenos dias. Mm, to you too. James Horncastle comes to us from Milan. Milan. All right, James. Yeah. Well, you've got the Turin Shroud as your backdrop there. <laughs> yeah, very much. That's why I've got my beard and, and hair. Yeah, actually. Well. <laughs> After the, the Easter sombra. weekend. <laughs> I am the Turin Shroud hoaxer. <laughs> Good Lord. Raphael Honigstein, he's not here. Not here. What? I know. Yeah. But he's on his way to Manchester, but he will be joining us in a little bit via the magic of me having recorded him earlier. In a spirit. <laughs> hmm? He'll be here in a spirit no. anyway. He does lay down some sound, though, but his heart was never in it, I've got to say. Oh. Uh, <laughs> let's get a moment of the weekend from everybody. James, what's been yours? It's got to be Jose Mourinho destroying Antonio Cassano in his mm. oh, press yes. conference. Because Cassano had been on Bobo TV, which is his Twitch channel with Christian Vieri, Lele Adani, Nicola Ventola. And he said that he's always hated Mourinho's teams. They're awful. They're unwatchable. And Mourinho just out of nowhere said, ah, yes, Cassano. He's played for three teams that I've, I've coached different times. Uh, one was uh, Real Madrid, where he was famous for the uh, fur coat that he showed up in. Uh, one was at Roma, where I think all he won was the Italian Super Cup and he didn't even play. And the other was Inter, um, where he didn't even win the Coppa Lombardia, the, the Lombardy Cup, you know, kind of Sunday league. So Casano's replied, because he just can't oh. let these things go, and uh, has told him that you know, Mourinho is telling lies and all this sort of thing. But yeah, it's been good. It's fun. All right. Love a spat like that. Alvaro. I'm going to keep the bad moment of the week for later, okay. uh, even though Jules wants me to include it. Jules is hot for that. Yeah, yeah it's, very hot. it's got, very hot for that, and we're going to talk about that later, I promise. But my moment of the week, uh, of the weekend, must be Samu Chukweza scoring a brace at Santiago Bernabeu. Marca! Not only because scoring two goals at Santiago Bernabeu, it's already quite something, because the quality of the goals was sensational. The first one just breaking Nacho's waist completely after a really good feint, and the second one a la Arjen Robben at Santiago Bernabeu. I think that this is a career-changing brace for Chamu Chukwese, number mm. one, because you, you do it at Santiago Bernabeu. And number two, because this was a player who was very good. I think that Villarreal is a very good platform for him. And I think that after this, he will be probably a little bit more monitored by the big clubs. Because uh, when you do this at Santiago Bernabeu, you are really making a huge statement. Mm. 13 goals and 11 assists in all competitions this season. 11 of those 13 goals since Kike Setin took over. And uh, what an impact he's had. We'll hear much more about that game. Real Madrid tumbling to defeat after a couple of big wins uh, for the Madrileños. Jules, what about you? Um, I didn't know if I was going to go for a sad one okay. or for a happy one. Okay. Uh, I go for the happy one, Gigi Donnarumma, who had a masterclass on Saturday night uh, with PhD at Nice. Saving everything, L'Equipe gave him a rating of 9 out of 10. 9? Nine. 9 out of 10. It's really rare to get 9 out of 10 and 10 out of 10. It could probably have got 10 out of 10 to be Do fair. It was that good. Mm. It, was, it was incredible. So. What would the sad one have been? Desiré Doué, the young uh, Rennes player who mm. was sub on and then subbed off 17 minutes later by Pep Genesio, who's not so much Pep Genesio anymore. He's really, really back to Bruno Genesio and the bad manager that he is. Uh, that was mean. That was mean from him. But yeah, I'll tell you all that on the show. Okay, brilliant. Looking forward to that. And of course, Rafael 
didn't want to let Moment of the Weekend go by without providing his own. Here it is. Moment of the Week, James, was half-time in the game between Gladbach and Farfa Wolfsburg. A very topical protest by the Gladbach fans. They were throwing painted eggs onto the pitch, James. And you know nice. why? Uh, no. Because they were protesting against the kickoff times. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, only nine games at 15.30, which is the traditional kickoff time uh, on Saturday. Uh, they are uh, often picked as, you know, special game of the night or Friday night or Sunday, which means out of 34 games, only nine times where they're playing on the traditional kickoff times. I see. But Magnificent. I'm pleased to report that no man or chickens were hurt in, the, in this protest. But it's really nice that they're not just randomly throwing eggs. They actually take the time to paint them first. Absolutely. And you can probably eat them as well, because I I imagine they'd be boiled. Otherwise, they wouldn't make good missiles. Well, that's true. Very nice. Raphael Honigstein, more from him. Well, actually, very, very shortly, because we're going to get on to the Midweek Champions League. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network and sponsored by LiveScoreBet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LiveScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Midweek Champions League, everybody. Woo! Tuesday, Man City taking on Bayern Munich. Benfica, at the same time, hosting Inter. On Wednesday, then, it's Real Madrid against Chelsea, while Milan face Napoli. Who's going to win these? Jules, have you done a bracket? I haven't yet. I've done my NBA one, but not my Champions League one. I just didn't think about it. I can tell you who's going to win. Can you tell us? Yeah, of course. So City will be Bayern, just about. Really? Yeah. Uh, Benfica will beat Inter Milan and qualify. Napoli will still beat Milan and Real Madrid will beat Chelsea. Okay. And then I'll do the rest of the bracket once the just before the semi-final. Seems legit. Anyone want to disagree with those opinions? Uh, that's almost a spot on, but Manchester City Bayern for me is a 50 50 one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for Bayern just in the interest of the conversation. Good. Just to what, what's your rationale, Alvaro? Uh, but there's none because you said just for the interest of the conversation. No, there is, mo- there is more than that. No, no, no. Uh, because <laughs> I, I, do, I do believe that Bayern has a chance, really. I think that they are dangerous. I think that uh, on the break they can catch Manchester City. And also because uh, the quality of their players up front uh, can make the difference. And mm. Pep Guardiola knows very well about the danger of a Thomas Tuchel side. Bruno Guardiola, as I call him. <laughs> yeah. we'll, be, um, we'll be getting Rafa's take on that game, of course, uh, ever so soon. James? I liked when Alvaro said, uh, because Bayern are dangerous. It, it reminded me of that Val Kilmer, Tom Cruise scene in Top Gun. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, my, my general point would be that uh, Benfica tonight, Otamendi suspended. Alexander Barr, the right back, is missing for four weeks. Grimaldo's a doubt. That's three quarters of your defence. Mm. Inter can't score goals at the moment, but they're creating lots of chances. They're only not scoring because Lukaku keeps hitting everything other than the goal. So is this going to be the catch-up game? The the one where you're knocking on the bottom of the catch-up over, oh, wow. and over again, and then the suddenly catch-up game. it splurges out. Where'd you get that from, and The catch-up game. I remember Gianluca Viali talking about that. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's a Vialiism. And the other game, did you say Napoli, Jules, to go through? Yeah, still. I know, I know they lost 4-0, but still, you know. Ozymane's a doubt tonight at, for tomorrow night. Simeone's injured as well. So they're coming up against the team that always beats them. So that's the only things that I would throw in the mix there. Mm. Just for the interest of conversation. Of course. Alvaro, of course. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely lineup, though, isn't it? No, no one trusts Chelsea, by the way. Anyone trust Chelsea? No, no. At what? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here. We're here Table a bit tennis. later on. Uh, Man City, Bayern. Let's get the uh, opinions of Raphael Honigstein, who's currently speeding towards the first city of Manchester on a train. Rafa, you're heading up to uh, Manchester in time for Man City's clash with Bayern Munich. What are you anticipating? I'm anticipating uh, one of the best games in the Champions League this season, James. Uh, Bayern have had problems. They've been inconsistent in the league. But when it comes to the Champions League, they've produced all their best performances. You saw them uh, get past PSG with not that much fuss. They knocked out Barcelona in the group stage. They beat Inter twice. So this is the time 
for them to shine, uh, at least when it comes to recent history. But of course, they've really, um, they're up against the worst possible draw in, in Man City. They know that. I'm sure Man City didn't relish uh, playing Bayern at this stage either. And Bayern go into this with a sense of being a little bit of the underdogs. And I think that's to do with their yeah, inconsistent and slightly unconvincing form in this calendar year. Hmm. But uh, maybe we'll see the best get the best out of them on Tuesday night. Perhaps. The one thing Bayern haven't been in the Champions League, at least, is inconsistent. The only team in the competition to win all eight of their matches so far. Uh, those games coming uh, under the tutelage of Julian Nagelsmann, the previous manager. How much do you anticipate things changing? Do you see them as improved under Thomas Tuchel in terms of an opponent for Man City? Well, we'll see if they improve. Um, Tuchel has had three games in charge. He's won two, lost one in slightly dramatic and perhaps comical fashion. They should have not get knocked out by Freiburg in the cup last Tuesday, but they were. They conceded a last-minute penalty, which was converted, and they were suddenly out, and the treble dream is over. But in the league, they've um, played well enough. They've won those two games away to Freiburg and at home to Dortmund. Not easy games for Tuchel to start with. But of course, the big test will will come now in those two ties. Sorry, in those two legs against Pep's Man City. Tuchel made a good point in the press conference. He said, "You can see that Guardiola has been there for nearly seven years. You can see it in the way the team plays." Tuchel, by contrast, has been there for twelve days. So yes, of course, he's changed a few things. He's changed the formation a little bit. He's uh, at times changed the tactical setup um, because they were a little bit less eager to press for against Dortmund, for example. Uh, against Freiburg, there was no pressing because Freiburg were deep and left them the ball. So it'll be very interesting to see what kind of strategy we'll, we'll see on in the Man City games, whether it'll be more reminiscent of Tuchel's Chelsea, who often sat back and then played on the break, or... Uh, more like Bayern have been playing in recent years, recent years, which be which is to be quite aggressive and and try to press high. So that's going to be a big change if if indeed it happens. And then the other change, of course, is in personnel. Tuchel has had uh, some different ideas. He's played uh, a lot more Leroy Sané than than Nagelsmann had done in recent weeks. Uh, made it almost his pet project to get Sané back in in form with mixed results so far. And he, in a way, has to improvise and has to change things because there's no Eric Maxim Chupomoting up front, who's Ooh. been an absolute mainstay for Nagelsmann and has shaped the tactics to a certain extent. Now we're back to a either strikerless system or this this four two 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 system, which didn't really have a, a recognized forward, but instead like four players with interchanging positions. So that that's another interesting choice you'll have to make. Mm. It'll be Bayern's first meeting with Pep Guardiola since. He departed as their manager back in 2016. Erling Haaland, though, they've seen plenty of in the intervening years. Uh, Haaland with five goals in seven matches against Bayern in his time at Dortmund. But, he, but no he's never wins. Actually, yeah, sorry. No wins, yeah. Mm. So how do you see Thomas Tuchel dealing with the Haaland question? Well, he dealt with the Haaland question question in the press conference by saying, um, of course we have to do this together. You can't stop him individually you'll have to stop the supply you have to control the passes um, again in the past the teams who've had success with those who set quite deep take away the space for Haaland to to run into as you know Haaland loves to play on the shoulder of the last defenders incredibly quick and when you provide that space behind then it becomes very very difficult uh, even if it helps you to put pressure on midfield so you have to die in Germany you say you have to die one death you know you either defend the space or you try to put pressure on the ball it's hard to do both at the same time we've seen some teams try to sit back but at the same time try to be quite present when it comes to to pressing midfield it's a hard thing to do um, let's see if Bayern can pull it off because I personally think that playing on transition might be the best option both when it comes to defending Haaland and his deep runs but also exploiting that space that City do leave behind uh, because it's one thing that they're perhaps vulnerable uh, to that is that is quick counterattacks and Bayern have the players for it. Mm, magnificent. All right. Well, in the meantime, in the league, uh, they got their revenge on Freiburg for being knocked out of the cup 
uh, with a 1-0 win this weekend. An absolute stormer of a goal from a test to Ligt. Jetzt weiter rum, die Ligt mit dem Distanzschuss und er ist das Tor! Ist das zu fassen? 1-0 für den FC Bayern München. Keeping them two points clear of Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga title race, Dortmund, who themselves defeated the other. The other team in with the title shot, Union Berlin, with a 2-1 victory. Uh, Dortmund bouncing back a little bit there, Rafa. They did bounce back. They needed that uh, result after two very disappointing results. One which knocked them out of the cup, as you mentioned. The other, of course, the Bayern defeat the week before. So uh, for them especially, those defeats posed all the usual questions about a lack of uh, mental fortitude and seriousness and all these these problems that are associated with them but they they did play well against a very difficult opponent they scored the uh, winning goal slightly against the run of play with uh, Yusuf Mokuku and uh, Marco Royce both combining in a sense because there was a lucky deflection uh, on the way as substitutes and they took he took their chance well and it was a huge three points for them that keeps them on the coattails of Bayern and puts them in a position to take advantage if there are any more slip-ups. So it's it's good for Dortmund, it's good for the league that they're still in with a realistic chance. And it's mid-April and perhaps secretly I would expect Dortmund to hope that Bayern go a little bit further in this competition, which perhaps will continue to take their mind off just a little bit at those domestic meetings and engagements. Raphael Honigstein. Jules, you weren't as impressed as Rafa was not with really. the Bayern against PSG. Definitely not against PSG. Even in the group stage, if you think about the Barca game when at, in Munich, where Barca were the better side in the first half, should have scored, didn't score, okay, and then in the end end up losing the game. But against Inter, I just don't think that Bayern have been that amazing any time this season, really. And... I thought they were good against Freiburg on, at the weekend, to be fair to them, even if they only won 1-0 and then it's a Delir long-range shot, blah, blah, blah. I thought they were good, and but I don't think that they've saved their best for the Champions League at all this season. And, and to be fair, the most fascinating for me is what, what Tuchel would be thinking now because the two biggest wins, or two of the biggest wins of his career were against Guardiola, the Champions League final and the FA Cup semi-final. Both of them with the back three, both of them with a very clear sort of tactical method on how to beat City. And I, I don't understand why he would not do the same tonight. I know, it's, I know it's a different team because it's Bayern 9 or Chelsea and they've got different qualities. But I don't understand why he would go to a back four when the back three has worked so well for him and his method against a very similar City side under Pep. Okay, without Haaland at the time and now there's Haaland. But still, I mean, I'd be, yeah, I'd be kind of even disappointed if he goes to a back four because I thought, hey, go to a back three, do what you've done before. Maybe he does a back four. Uh, let's see about that. Perhaps a back three. But at Chelsea, he did in 86 games in charge, 66 back threes. Mm. Uh, even though the template was there because uh, two years or three years before him, Antonio Conte was using that system. So it was uh, some sort of uh, the Rosetta Stone for Chelsea at that time. But let's see if he does it with Bayern. All right, Alvaro. Well, that's one of the games coming up on Tuesday. Of course, the other one is in Portugal, where Benfica face Inter, an Inter team who once again disappointed this weekend. To tell us more about all of that, James Horncastle. This is the Totally Football Show, sponsored by LiveScore Bet. With Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet, you can combine markets from thousands of options to create your own bet on the biggest football fixtures in the Premier League, the Champions League, the EFL, and around the world. So if you think you can successfully pick the first goal scorer, the final score, the total number of corners and whether there'll be a red card, then use BetBuilder from LiveScoreBet to make up to six selections and get a single bet with the combined odds. Or if you can't make up your mind, you can choose from the pre-built quick bet options. BetBuilder from LiveScoreBet. Building a bet just got easier. Find out more at LiveScoreBet.com or by downloading the LiveScoreBet app on Android and iPhone. It's over 18s only. Full account terms apply. And of course, please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. 
Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. James! Hey, that race for next season's Champions League places is taking an interesting turn, eh? Your top three currently in Serie A, Napoli, Lazio and Roma. Yeah, the uh, centro-sud. Uh, very much a geographic role reversal, if you like, in terms of where the power lies in Italy at this moment in time. But, yeah, Inter keep fluffing their lines. They are creating chances and chances and chances. They're not taking them. That was the case against Salernitana on Friday afternoon, on Good Friday afternoon. And uh, to be honest, they were caught out in the end by that uh, Candreva cross, Mm. which ended up flying over Onana and went in. And it meant that they dropped points again. But really, it, it, it depends what you judge a team on because the team is creating they're getting into the final third but they're just not taking chances so how much of that is on Simone Inzag and how much is on it on his players because Inzaghi goes into this game under lots of pressure you know we've already spoken about this on the podcast how you know his position will be reviewed at the end of the season but with these bad results in the league putting their qualification for the Champions League in doubt it does almost bring forward uh, that review and certainly make uh, tonight's game against Benfica pivotal. Pivotal. They're currently outside the top four in Syria, facing a Benfica team who themselves were defeated this weekend uh, by Porto, whose manager, Sergio Conceição, is currently being touted by the Gazeta as the man most likely to take over from Simone Inzaghi. There's going to be a lot of talk on that subject, no doubt. But it's a fair point you make about the number of chances that that team is creating. Still, winless in their last six in all competitions. What about, though, the teams ahead of them? What about this extraordinary Lazio who we witnessed on Saturday evening with a real big team performance against Juventus? Yeah, they were magnificent, uh, particularly in the first half uh, against Juve. They hemmed them into their own half uh, at the, the Stadio Olimpico. And, yeah, this is what Sarri has been doing so far this season they've beaten every team in the top seven so you can't really begrudge Lazio where they're at it's not only their big game performances but also the fact that this team is really hard to score against and you even look at Juventus' equaliser which came out of nothing really from a set play they had to really bundle the ball in they had to almost like run over uh, Ivan Provedel in the Lazio goal in order to score but yeah, it's, it's a very well-rounded team. I, I think Sarri, after taking over Simone Inzaghi, Inzaghi had been at Lazio for five years. He'd really kind of ingrained 3-5-2 into this team. It took a year for Sarri to wean the, the players off that and kind of implement his own ideas, have a couple of transfer windows. And I think now this is the closest team to Sarri's ideas since his Napoli side because we saw him obviously have to compromise at Chelsea, compromise at Juventus. This feels very him and for that reason they seem to be a lock uh, to get get into the Champions League next year Um, which is extraordinary when you think that Immobile's had most of the season now injured. Milinkovic is now scoring but has had a fairly poor spring Um, so really impressive. And we saw maybe the assist of the Season that Luis Alberto assist for Zaccani is just something so special. Take take us through that. That was the winning goal. Yeah, it's the cross from the right hand side, and basically Luis Alberto is on the penalty spot. Let's say, and behind him there's Zaccani, and I think ninety five percent of the players, even at that level, would probably hit the ball when he comes from the cross. If you're Luis Alberto, but instead, and you see him looking just before the ball gets to him, and he just back heels the ball behind his back to Zakani who then has this open shot and he curls it very well at like kind of like Thierry Henry finish. Felipe Anderson para retrata Luis Alberto, colpo di tacco Zaccagni, magnifico gol della Lazio. 
minuto 8 Zaccagni parte di nuovo in vantaggio la Lazio but it's all about the backheel assist from, from Luis Alberto who's just who was a magnificent player before Sarri had his up and down with Sarri and now he's back to his best to be fair to him and to Sarri but yeah wonderful piece how, of how far do you think Lazio fans can dream uh, James we saw Sarri's Napoli making uh, consecutive bids for the title is that a conversation that Lazio next season might be in Perhaps. I think it's still difficult because Napoli are a team that have, for the last decade, regularly got into the Champions League, which has brought regular access to Champions League money. You know, for example, a lot of people want to present this Napoli team as a very romantic champion. But they're not Atalanta. This is a team that has cost about 250 million to put together. Aussie men cost 70 million. Um, And... Irving Lozano, 45 million. They can aspire to do what they're doing again now, but it'll be, you're relying again on dysfunction within Serie A. And to be honest, there is plenty of dysfunction in Serie A. That's why we're going to have a fourth different champion in four years. So within that context, James, I suppose you could make an argument that if a team has a, has a good run for three or four months, it is enough to win the league in City Ad these days. Mm. I certainly had a good run at the moment. 19 points from the last 21 available. Ooh, you mentioned Atalanta. They are now themselves four points off the top four after getting beaten this weekend at home by the latest kind of revelation of the Italian coaching scene, Thiago Motta and his Bologna. Yeah, who I think have the third best record in the league since Thiago Motta took over in September. He's really kind of thrust himself into the conversation to be the next Inter coach. You mentioned Sergio Conceição as well. So anyone with a backstory uh, in Nerazzurro, it kind of works. But yeah, Thiago, remember this time last year, he was always on the brink of being sacked by Spezia. And then they would have these incredible results. They'd beat Napoli away. They'd beat Milan away. And it was enough to persuade Spezia to, to stick with him. And in hindsight, you look at that survival and it's uh, it's not a masterpiece but it's, it's it's it was very difficult to do and he's doing great stuff at Bologna really tactically weird stuff uh, remember when he was at PSG he gave that interview with uh, Gazzetta del Sport when he said his system was something like 272 272 and uh, and that was purely because that's how he saw football from the sideline rather than having the helicopter view of it but if you, if, if you look at what his tactics are, he's often ch- chosen not to play Marco Arnautovic, not play a striker. He's played Lewis Ferguson, the Scottish midfield player, often as a false nine or Sansone there. He plays like Orsolini scoring lots of goals. So that was a big blow for Atalanta, given that you know, Milan and Inter uh, didn't win. Atalanta, like Lazio, are not in any European competition at the moment. So it's a big opportunity for them to get into the Champions League. And they've kept blowing it and even though they've got a really good group of young strikers Hoyland Luckman Boga uh, Gasparini saying we need to kind of blow this team up a little bit in the summer because we've got loads of veterans who've been here throughout my time six years and we just need to clean house and reset mm. all right uh, Wednesday we'll see Milan Napoli Napoli who were beaten 10 days ago by Milan 4-0 in Naples Bouncing back this weekend to an extent with a 2-1 win over Lecce, while Milan dropped points again at home to Empoli. A slightly rotated Rossoneri lineup there from Stefano Pioli, the manager. You're so confident, James, that Milan are going to go through in this tie because of heritage. <laughs> Not just that, just their record against Napoli as well. Mm. And you say so confident. No, I've just tried to be the devil's advocate. Right. The case that this is not going to be a one-sided tie because everyone seems to be predicting Napoli will reach the final or Mm. Napoli will coast through this game. And I think that's just ignorant of everything we've seen from Milan over the last three years and how they match up against this team. Um, I would expect Napoli to be much better than we saw them 10 days ago when they played Milan at the Maradona. However, as we've mentioned, Ozymane's a doubt. So what do you do here if you're Spalletti? Do you risk him? and risk losing him for, for longer 
because I think I mentioned on last week's pod that this season is kind of an outlier in Ozyman's career in Italy and that he's pretty much been fit regularly, which has not been the case, you know, because in his first season he dislocated his shoulder, in his second season he had his eye socket smashed in and he's had to wear a mask ever since and if he doesn't wear that mask they lose and he gets injured because it's a lucky charm. Uh, Simeone's injured. Simeone was the guy who played instead of Ozymen in the reverse fixture at San Siro, scored the winner and he's not available. So there, there are little things there um, that, again, should should give you confidence if you're a Milan fan. Mm. All right. Fair enough. Alvaro, you're nodding. You're convinced. Uh, I am convinced, even though um, if you see the goal scorer list of Napoli in the Champions League, you will see that uh, guys like Simeone, who is not available, but especially Raspadori, have right. stepped up to the challenge. But I don't know how much Raspadori playing is going to change Napoli's way of playing. Well, Rasper is someone who likes to come short, uh, link the play much more than Osimen or Simeone. Uh, Osimen and Simeone like to, to to stretch the play, playing behind. So there's there's that aspect uh, to consider. But uh, I mean, Rasper, particularly in the first half of the Champions yeah, the League group, group stages, stages yeah. very good. Yeah. He was very good, and so uh, it's been a shame, really, that he's not played all that much, uh, certainly in 2023, because. Remember, he was very good against England at San Siro for Italy, and he wasn't even in the Italy squad this time around because he's just not been playing. So he's a very talented player. Mm. One thing's for sure, though, uh, James, and that is Calcio is back. Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, James, I am ready. This is a magnificent choice. I bet you wish Ligue 1 had... A, had the reasons to make this, but B, yeah. thought of it. What a brilliant move. So, uh, City has managed to get some teams into the quarterfinals of the European Somehow, competition. Yeah, this time, yeah. <laughs> and so they, they, I heard about it, yeah. They've <laughs> made this extraordinary, extraordinary advert with uh, Fabio Capello and Fabio Cannavaro and Luca Toni. Luca Toni. And they all turn up in, what is, I imagine it's the Scala, is it the Scala? It is the Scala. Yeah. And they sit down and they, there's a little bit of awkward English with Fabio Capello saying, <laughs> Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. And then Luca Tony says, here we go. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, we've got some teams in the quarterfinal. Calcio is back. Calcio is back. So let's hope they win, James. Otherwise, it's going to be really awkward. Three teams, though, in the Champions League quarterfinals. And, of course, three in the Europa League and Conference League quarters. Maybe we'll move on to those competitions next. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. You're listening to the Totally Football Show with James Richardson, sponsored by LifeScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LifeScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Let's talk Europa League quarterfinals. Who's pumped for this? You've got Leverkusen against Union Saint-Gilloise. Man United, Sevilla, Alvaro. I really want to watch this one. It's oh, going to be really why? interesting. Because Sevilla rubbish. Eh, I would yeah. like to say something. New manager, they have changed. They weren't <laughs> playing. Yeah, they, were, they weren't playing for San Paulo. Right. And uh, some players like Fernando, for example, a week ago said, "Now we make some sense because nobody believed in San Paulo's tactics." Uh, you remember that uh, moment uh, in the season when Acuna gets a paper from San Paulo, oh, yeah. apparently with some tactical explanations, whatever, and he drops it. He couldn't care less. But this Sevilla with Mendy Liver is going to be different. Of course, they haven't been good, Jules, but uh, I think that. Uh, they can still mm, play with a little bit more competence than before. All right. Did they have a big win of the weekend to boost Not at all. Or? Not at all. But they were playing with 10 men okay. for 71 minutes. All right. Because, uh, again, 
Papegay this time, he was sent off for a ridiculous thing. Spanish referees have been really strict this season. Mm. Uh, there have been six red cards uh, this weekend. And Papegay has been, again, a victim of uh, the standards of Spanish refereeing. But we have to say that Celta arrived at Sanchez Bijuan in a really good run. And Sevilla, with 10 men, scored two goals. And then Celta at the end managed to get the equalizer. Okay. So, you know, they were competitive at least. I see. This game's going to be at Old Trafford on Thursday. Where yeah. Man United have put a good run together against La Liga sides. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it's true that Real Sociedad in the group stage, uh, top the group mm. uh, with Manchester United, but that was a different Manchester United in construction still. This is a more composed side. Manchester United eliminated Barcelona. They eliminated Betis comprehensively in both uh, ties. But um, now they don't have Marcus Rashford. And Marcus Rashford was uh, uh, a player that the Spanish football couldn't contain or the Spanish clubs, sorry. But maybe now without Marcus Rashford, maybe Sevilla have more chances because I think that Anthony Martial is not that ready yet to play 90 minutes uh, at a high level. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So you, so you think Sevilla have a chance? I think Manchester United is the favourite, but mm. at the same time, Sevilla has uh, a love story with this competition. We know about that. And um, City has scored, I think, at 11 goals after the World Cup, which is a really good sign. Kiss mm. uh, still scoring goals. And um, I do believe that the team, Sevilla, at least with Mendilibar, is making some sense. If they cannot play from the back, they play direct football. Uh, the players are more compact and they are looking for an Assyrian for the tall players in the box more often. And I think that Sevilla should embrace this system because they wanted to play in a certain way in the past, with San Paoli especially, and it didn't work for them. Interesting. I'm looking forward to that game as well. Definitely looking oh, forward for it. Although there are such uh, enticing other ties happening at the same yeah. time, like Roma Feyenoord. James, you pumped for that one? Feyenoord. Eight points clear at the top of the Dutch Eredivisie of Ajax and PSV. A 5-1 victory for them at the weekend over Valvik. Roma? Well, we saw Roma, didn't we, James? We did see Roma. <laughs> Bits of them. 17 clean sheets this season for Roma, by the well, way. Well, that's true. That and is then, true. And when it comes to these ties, Mourinho knows how to, how to keep the other team mm. scoreless. Yeah. yeah, no, six clean sheets, I think, in their last eight as well. But... You've also had a derby defeat in there against Lazio. And you, I mean, this weekend there was one shot on target, I think, which was Paolo Dybala's penalty. Is that fair? It is, but as Alvaro says, look where they are. They're third mm. in the league. And if Roma were to make Champions League this year, either through the league or through winning the Europa League, that would constitute real success. Are they great to watch? No, they're not, because we've just referenced their style of play and that's what Cassano's got into a spat with Mourinho about mm. I think it's 27 years since Roma scored so few goals at this stage of the season um, back when Totti was just a boy breaking into the team or playing as a number 10 or out left and you know Carlo Mazzoni was in charge so in that respect given that they've got Tammy Abraham who didn't start at the weekend Belotti didn't start at the weekend they, they played Ola Solbakken kind of uh, off Paolo Dybala. That's just Mourinho's tournament football approach, really. Mm. It'll be interesting to see if he can shut the Dutch prospective champions down. Jules, you haven't got any skin in this game. No, but it's the replay of, the, of last season Europa Conference Absolutely. League. Absolutely. And this, this Feyenoord team, I think we've said it before, who lost a lot of players. Uh, like the Sers and Sinistera and Senezi and you know many more. Malaysia, of course, yeah, to United have rebuilt with a lot of new signing young players, and Arne Slot is doing an amazing job. Uh, a bit like you know, it's a bit your twin, James, and uh, it looks like you a little bit. He's not as handsome as you, but he looks like you a little bit. Can He's doing an amazing job. I'm saying, and anyone is bald and nah, has a bit of a beard. Yes. Looks like Jimbo. Uh, but it, like you said before, they're having an amazing <laughs> season. And this is going to be tougher. I, you could see why in the final, I, I think the nerves got to this final team, by the way, who were not as good as this one. Mm. The, in this in this tie is different. And there's also, I guess, the desire from them to have one back on Roma after the For defeat. For sure. 
Also, the match winner from the Conference League final no longer plays for Roma because that was oh, yeah. Nicolo Zaniolo, who is now a Galatasaray player. So, so true. Which of these which of these four quarterfinal first legs are you going to be tuning into, Jules? So I think I will have one screen on the United Sevilla game. Okay. And Roma Feyenoord is the one that fascinates me the is most. Is it? Yeah. Okay. And uh, France have a team in the Conference League. That's right. Nice yeah. against Basel. Against Basel, sorry. Basel. Basel, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is good, despite Nice's defeat on Saturday. We mentioned it already against PSG. They when they are in great form and this is a tie that you really they should win. Okay. Magnificent. James, another eye-catching tie in there is Sporting against Juventus. Juve, who we saw... Eye-catching? I would say so, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Sporting are the kind of team you don't know what you're going to get. And Juve have been in terrific form until they came up against Lazio on Saturday. James, is your eye caught? Yeah, absolutely. Paolo Sosa, who Mm. has a a past with these clubs, was saying that... uh, any team that knocks out Arsenal has nothing to fear from Juventus, which was quite spicy, uh, particularly uh, if you're a, a Juventus fan. But yeah, you mentioned Juventus have been grinding out results, uh, James. Even in the second half uh, against Lazio, they played pretty well, to be honest. They probably deserve to get uh, something out of, out of that game. But uh, no, I think, you know, this is... This feels like it could be a Champions League group stage game or round of 16 game. So um, let's see what happens. Dusan Vlajevic not scoring any goals, struggling. He's cancelled his Instagram account because mm. he's probably fed up of going on ESPN FC's stories and seeing Jules saying, Dusan, man, come on, Dusan. what the hell are you doing? I know it's frustrating to watch. It is, isn't it? One goal, one goal, I think, in, in over two months now, and that was a penalty. But you know why? I, I remember League. that game against... Um, uh, Do you remember it? Nantes. Yeah, where he missed... Um, no, 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 no. This, uh, the Sampdoria game, maybe, where he missed all those chances and he, he missed the penalty, that he hit the post on the penalty. Mm. And you could see the frustration. And I think the service has been poured to him through Absolutely. the whole season. And we've said that before that with the board, they've never been great this season. So it must be frustrating for him. But yeah, it's a terrible record. Mm. Yeah, And the thing is that he's not even beautiful to watch. That's the thing, that there are some strikers. He used to nah, be. That's he not used true. to be such an exciting finisher. Yeah, yeah. yeah finisher. But then his ball control and his stats and his link-up game is okay. I think his confidence is completely oh, Alvaro, do you not remember his, his debut goal in the Champions League against Villarreal? That was outstanding. I do, but I, I think I, I that don't. What did it look like, James? It was Sampdoria, by the way. Thank you, Julian Lawrence. <laughs> okay, back well, to you, James. <laughs> that goal, go, go and search it out because uh, it, Jules was talking about the lack of service. I mean, this is just like a hoof. It's, it's hoofed up to him and he, he brings it down, turns and, and scores. And it's, yeah, it goes to show what can be done with little and rubbish service. Ha segnato un gol strepitoso dopo 35 secondi. And I think that's why a lot of people were excited by him because they thought, okay, well, he doesn't need that much service mm. to be this good. No, but, but uh, he clearly does. I don't, I don't question uh, his autonomy. I mean, he can do things on his own a lot. But what I question is that the fact that maybe technically he's not the kind of Bergkamp type striker that if he doesn't score, you still don't criticize him. This is the mm. point I want to make. I mean, you you sound like Allegri, Alfro. Um, Ooh, I'm not sure thank, that's a thank good you. thing. Yeah, we'll say that. <laughs> not sure that's a good no, thing. but Allegri always says that he needs to develop uh, his game from a technical point of view that uh, sometimes he's maybe a little bit predictable for some of the markers. He needs to take his man marker for a walk around and then lose him and that sort of thing. Um, all valid points. But, um, but I, I mean, the, the strange thing is, Italy, I think there are 100 fewer goals at this stage this season than there was last season really a hundred um, yeah they, I mean it's it, we're talking around those figures I've just you rounded surprised. up or rounded down I mean, the lack of number nine of number nine efficiency in the league this season is pretty bad mm. welcome to my life yeah but, but, by the but, way but, because but, La Liga is exactly but, the same yeah uh, it's, 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 it's an odd trend because uh, obviously everyone's eyes are drawn to Ozyman Ozyman scoring lots of goals great centre forward play going to be the first African to be Capo Canonier in the league but you, you look around 
immobilize in and out of the Lazio mm. team because he, he can't stay fit at the moment. Lukaku, Dzeko and Lautaro are all in really lean spells and, and, and having uh, moments of bad form. Uh, Tammy Abraham is on the bench for Roma. Uh, Belotti is on the bench as well. Uh, Giroud and Leao, for example, haven't really been scoring a lot in 2023. Um, so it's... And uh, 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 you know, Moise Ken, when he's not kicking Gianluca Mancini and getting sent off, um, sometimes scores. But over the last international break, we had this big debate uh, about Italy calling it Matteo Retegui from Argentina. But it's not just the lack of Italian strikers scoring in Italy. It's 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 some of the big name foreign strikers as well having difficult seasons. So yeah, it's a it's a weird quirk of 22-23. All right, but in Spain as well. What about Liga, Jules? We've got 100 more goals than last season at this You're stage. kidding? That's where they went. <laughs> you probably that's where they went. Seriously, it's, okay. it's a heist. Best league in the world. You know the League of Talents. Is what we do. <laughs> That's amazing. England really, England is the only, the Premier League is the only league where you don't have that problem. Yeah. You have it been in, in Germany as well now that Lewandowski and Haaland have left. Right. In France, it, but, but the league is not as, as strong, obviously, but they're doing well in terms of Ben Yedder and Balogun and Mbappe and those mm. kind of guys, even Alexis Sanchez. But for Spain, Italy and, and Germany, I think it's a real role. Really, like we were laughing before, but... And you can have next season where those guys are in form again, you know, Tamis, etc., etc. But even in Spain, it's, it's difficult. But mm. what happens in La Liga as well, probably in Serie A and uh, Liga as well to uh, different extents. But what happens in La Liga is that uh, plenty of the attacking talent has left because there is an overall financial crisis. Yeah. And uh, the Premier League sides, the first players that they are going to sign are the good ones. And right. The good ones normally are the forwards. Right, but they but leave all the good defenders there, which is why it's... Uh, I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> but also, look, I, I was checking some numbers before. Between uh, 1990 and 2000, right. there were five top scorers, five pichichis that didn't belong to Barcelona and Real Madrid. Between 2000 and 2010, there were another five pichichis that didn't belong to Barcelona and Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. Since 2010 onwards, all the pichichis belong to Barcelona and Real Madrid. Normally, because Cristiano Ronaldo, Benzema, Messi are there. Okay, but how many players in La Liga, apart from the strikers of Real Madrid and Barcelona, have scored 25 goals or more? Maybe Radamel Falcao, the first one that comes to my mind, mm. but Diego Costa maybe, but who else? I don't think that there, there have been so many good strikers aside of Barcelona and Real Madrid in Spain in the last 12 years. Mm. Crikey, it all sounds very dramatic. That, anyway, is the Thursday night uh, picture in terms of the fixtures. Uh, next up, let's hear about La Liga. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Totally Football Show, part of The Athletic Podcast Network. Alvaro, before we move on, is there any chance that Frank Lampard could defeat his former manager Carlo Ancelotti in that? Exciting Wednesday night Champions League tie. How many goals have Chelsea scored from open play in the Premier League? 19. Okay. One, one nine. One nine. They are playing against Real Madrid. Okay. Difficult to believe that they will eliminate Real Madrid, in my opinion. Even though Real Madrid has been inconsistent, but still in the Champions League, they've been consistent enough. Okay, then. <laughs> Alvaro, I want to hear more about Samuel Chukwezi and the incredible 3-2 win for Villarreal away at Real Madrid. And all that kind of thing from La Liga. 
Also, the Copa del Rey semis, which we... Oh, tell me about it. They happened since our, our last show. Real Madrid beating Barcelona 4-0. Anosasuna yeah, beating, making it to the final. Making it to the final against Athletic Club de Bilbao. Exactly, mm. yeah. Uh, congratulations Did to Osasuna. Did you cry? Uh, a bit emotional. It, it was very annoying. It was oh. tremendously annoying because even Osasuna players and Arrasate, the Osasuna manager, said that uh, they, would be, they would have been happy with the penalty shootout. Okay. Because it was 1-0 for Athletic, and yeah. they were attacking a lot, but we were missing a lot of chances. And at the end, they scored in the extra time. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, Osasuna made it to the final. Congratulations to them. Right. Anyway, what can I say? But, uh, yeah, Real Madrid beat Barcelona very badly uh, in the cup uh, second leg. And the truth is that it uh, was one of those results that uh, automatically brings a contradiction to all the narrative that we can say or you know, uh, use uh, for Barcelona this season. Are they a very good defense because they are the side that has considered less goals in La Liga? They have been domestically in La Liga, but any time they play against Real Madrid, mm. Bayern, Inter, a club like that, and they face good strikers, you can really tell that Barcelona's defense is so-so. Mm. Are they a, a side that... As a consequence of winning La Liga this year, they are going to be one of the top favorites to win the Champions League next season. Not at all. Not at all. On the basis of what we have seen um, lately in the Champions League, Barcelona is not longer a power force. And whenever they, find, they have to face a team like Real Madrid, you don't know what's going to happen. They beat them at the Clásico. They beat them in the Spanish Super Cup. But the other day, Real Madrid was playing for a title, a Spanish Cup. It's not a big one, but still. And they beat Barcelona 4-0. Mm. So... Analyzing Barcelona right now is difficult because domestically they have done very well, but you wonder how much uh, that is dependent on Real Madrid not putting a fight in this La Liga. If they have done it, I think Barcelona would have crumbled a little, a little bit under their pressure. But this weekend, Real Madrid lost to Villarreal after beating Barcelona. And the truth is that, number one, we have to say congratulations to Villarreal because they put a really good performance, a Kike Setien performance, because Kike Setien is a, is a manager that uh, keeps a fundamentalist of his own style, but at least his teams resemble what, what he wants to do. And his teams resemble Kike Setien, basically. Villarreal passed the ball a lot, kept the possession. They were benefited, obviously, because Carlo Ancelotti was rotating a little bit ahead of the game against Chelsea, but they put a really good performance, they controlled the game in parts of it, and at the end, I think they deserve to win against Real Madrid. OK, and you think Samuel Chukwezi... Junior Nigeria teammate of uh, Victor Osimhen, uh, of course. You think he's going to be the the big news on the transfer market this summer? Uh, he could be. The thing is that uh, the performance he got against uh, Real Madrid is one of these uh, career-changing performances because you do it against Real Madrid at Santiago Bernabéu, scoring two beautiful goals. And I think that uh, there are no doubts with him. Everyone at Villarreal thinks that he's a phenomenal footballer. And uh, Samu Chukwese is a player who arrived in Villarreal a few years ago Villarreal got him for their youth system and uh, he made it through the ranks and, uh, you know, he has cut a little bit of an inconsistent uh, couple of years due to injuries as well, uh, to the point that sometimes he has lost uh, his uh, place in the lineup to Jeremy Pino, because Jeremy has been good as well, but I think that the raw potential of Samu Tsukwese uh, is uh, probably higher than the raw potential of Jeremy Pino or other young players of Villarreal. He's a very good footballer. Last season, for example, against Bayern, he was the one scoring the goal that uh, sent Bayern out of the Champions League. And yeah, I think that he's got a bright future. He's fast, and this season he has uh, managed to put some control to his speed. Uh, he's not using it that much, if not needed, and I think that his accuracy has improved a lot. So, yeah, this is a player to follow, definitely. Chukwese, by the way, half contract in June 2024. So, unless you renew him now, <laughs> mm, you might go. have to sell this summer. Yeah. Jules is keen to hear more, though, Alvaro, about Valverde. Yeah, because that game didn't finish uh, when the referee uh, just said, OK, that's it. Right. After 90 minutes, uh, the players had a sour and all that, okay. and there was an altercation. <gasps> there was an altercation because Villarreal players went to take their own bus just to travel uh, back to Villarreal. And what happened next to the bus? Fede Valverde, the Uruguayan footballer of Real Madrid, appears over there and uh, punches Maena. This, no? is, this is not a rumor. This is factual. Right. This happened. Why? This is the question. Fede Valverde says that Baena, in the past, which is three months ago in a cup game between Real Madrid and Villarreal, told him uh, something about uh, his uh, pregnant wife. Because okay. uh, 
Valverde's wife had a problem with the pregnancy mm. and it looked like they were going to lose the baby. Fortunately, uh, the baby hasn't been born yet, but you know, everything is fine now. And uh, according to Fede Valverde, uh, Baena made a comment about that and uh, Fede Valverde didn't like it at all. Well, that was two and a half, three months ago. After this game, Fede Valverde took his revenge and punched Baena. Baena denies that he said that to Fede mm. Valverde. Baena says that he didn't, he didn't do that. And he reported this to police. Mm. So there will be no sporting sanction for Fede Valverde. No? No, because this happened after the game, off the pitch. But there could be some fine for Fede Valverde just for parching uh, another civilian in the streets. So, yes. But uh, Baena says that he never made any comment about Fede Valverde's wife, right. about Fede Valverde's newborn, nothing like that. Okay. What did the rest of the Villarreal team do when uh, Valverde strolled up and hit one of their teammates? Well, uh, that's, that remains a little bit unclear. Uh -huh. uh, Alex Baena was very surprised by that. Uh, he was surrounded by some teammates, some staff of Villarreal, and the thing didn't go any further. There wasn't like a big fight or anything like that because mm. it was just basically Fede Valverde throwing a punch and... Uh, you know, this has been the conversation of the week in Spain. Also, Fede Valverde's wife in her Instagram has defended her boyfriend, so uh, her, her, her husband, sorry. So, yeah, uh, I think that uh, we may hear in the future uh, Fede Valverde getting some financial uh, sanction or something like this for this. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Jules, happy? Is there anything else you want to add to that? I love That's a bit good. of UFC fighting, no, you know, yeah. football. is, you know. All very regrettable. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Bruno Mendes, côté gauche, au centre de Mendes, il va avoir une deuxième chance pour trouver Léo Messi en retrait de Bruno Mendes sur sa troisième tentative. We say a bit of Ligue 1 for you, listener, yes. as a reward for staying with us. <laughs> what a treat this is going to be, eh? The league where all the goals is. The League of Talents. What do you think, Jules, of the Messi? Messi in the Camp Nou in the 10th minute of the games yeah good for them <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any money leave me alone they don't have any money how are they going to sign him well, he's going to play for free let's move on <laughs> Messi certainly did yeah. right uh, oh he had a better weekend didn't he he had PSG. what a lovely goal yeah no? yeah, goal. yeah. A nice it's goal. a goal that you expect him to score you'd expect him uh, to you score know, yeah. we would not you and James, but me and Alvaro would score that. You would score yeah. that. Okay. Uh, but it's 1,000th, it's is that what you say? But, I mean, yeah. Goal contribution in a club level. In his career. James and I can say that. You can't. No, I can't. 1,000. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can, to be fair. 1,000th, it's a lot of third. <laughs> it is a lot of third. But well done to him. 1,000 between goals and assists is pretty amazing. Is, one goal, it? one How assist. How many has Ronaldo got there? Um, but he got zero in his last game because he was frustrated by that nil-nil draw big time um, well done to Messi he scored a nice goal you're right Nuno Mendes the, the, the cross in what was a really tricky game away at Nice mm. um, and it was a close game I mean a first victory for PSG in three after yeah. those back-to-back -back defeats but it could easily have gone the other way yeah game. maybe it should have because Donnarumma as we mentioned in the moment of the weekend made seven saves I think the XG for Nice was 1.5 so they were not all amazing chances, but there were still some big, big saves that he had to make. And he kept he kept PhD in the game. Very much so. He got nine out of ten, as we said, in the ratings in L'Equipe and in Le Parisien as well. And it was just outstanding. And it's the kind of game that we we wish as PSG fans that maybe he had against against Bayern, for example, or in those in you know, in those games or the last two defeats. But it sh that shows his talent. And if he gets a bit a little bit more consistent. Um, then, then I think he could become the best goalkeeper in the world, which is not now because there's still those games where he doesn't really turn up against Bayern. He makes a foul, he makes a mistake in the in the in the first leg on that goal, for example. You know those kind of moments. But he was outstanding on on Saturday. And what was a difficult evening for PSG? Yeah, Dante denied an equaliser by the slimmest of margins yeah, thanks to goal technology. Who do, who do you have as the number one keeper in the world? Then let's go all playground on this. Wow, that was uh, that's a good one. I was well, not you, really prepared well, you just for mentioned it. it. Yeah, He's because not. so who is? Because there's a bit of a debate over Donnarumma and where does he stand amongst the Courtois and Testegen, who's having a, mm. a wonderful season. And you know, Testegen is is one of the reasons why Barcelona are so ahead in La Liga. Mm. Um, I think Alisson and Ederson are maybe not as good as they were in previous years. Mm, Alvaro, who have you got? Thing is that like a top 10 for the Naruto, I mean, maybe? If uh, important saves count, yeah. Dibu Martinez has to be there. No, Emiliano Martinez mm -hmm. has to be there. If important saves count, right. 
just yeah. won a World Cup. Yeah, he just won a small, a small tournament yeah. for them. That's fair, isn't it? What do you think, James Horn Castle? When he's fit, it's a guy who used to play for PSG. It's well, he did play for PSG, but he came through academy. Yeah, Magmanian. Mike Magmanian. Could be, could be in the top five. Yeah. I guess it's a subjective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black hasn't been mentioned yet. No, he because the, he hasn't been very good this year. Uh, no, two years ago, this season, I think he's almost back to his best. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's a good, it's a good debate because I think Donnarumma has everything to be there, but not just yet. Not just yet. All right. Well, let's park that then and tell us all about Christophe Galtier making that lovely gesture of going over and uh, applauding the Nice supporters his former yeah. team of course but not for the right not for the for the right reasons what was he doing shame. it for uh, he was very cynical oh yeah he was not happy at all and to be fair i can understand him because the the nice ultras displayed a banner insulting his mum uh, and his then mother yeah got oh. his mother uh, and then during the game insulted her as well with a, with a few chants what what why why his mother I guess, I don't know, like she's 83, she just beat cancer. and but That's terrible, Jules. Yeah, but, but the Nice Ultras, and I, I'm sorry if some are listening to the show and they might be, I've, I've, they've, they've, known, they've been known in the past for yeah, not those nice things. He, I think he knew it was going to be tough for him to go right. back there. Because if it was Rabio's mother, if there was some kind of connection, you'd understand. Yeah, but no, but, but I guess you pick on what yeah. is hurting the most, the, the person that you want to hurt. That's and so I guess with Galtier, it was always going to be his mum. He was not happy. Yeah. There was a lot of tension between the two benches because the PSG side were saying to the referee, you, you have, someone has to do something here. Mm. And he, they were saying to Nice, you can't let your ultras insulting your former coach's mum like that. Mm. And it was so, you could hear it on television. We were, we, we were in France for the weekend. We were watching with my dad and the family and the kids were like, and we were like, just don't listen to what they're singing because it was that loud and it was not that nice. Uh, so I can understand why, why Galtier lost his He's cool. And he said after the game in the press conference, he said, my mum is 83. She just beat cancer. Right. You don't go there. And I think he's got a point, to be I fair. I completely think so. Uh, but Kefren Turam kind of confronted him because Galtier went to see the ultras and th that added a lot of tension. It was, yeah, it was quite ugly, to be fair. Well, it's been a lot of tension. Yeah, yeah. It's a game. Yeah. Everyone enjoys it. Yeah. Let's I mean, just get long people. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Lens stay six points behind Paris yes. Saint-Germain. They do. Marseille don't. Marseille only drew. Yeah, three draws in the last four for Marseille. Is that right? And then Lens travel to PSG to Paris on Saturday. Oh, do they? Huge that Saturday night at the Parc des Princes. Well, what do you think? Because they're, they're coming off a 2-1 win over Strasbourg. They're They've good. had four straight victories. They're particularly good at home. Yeah. But this game against Paris Saint-Germain very much at the Parc des Princes. Yeah, at the Parc des Princes. But if they win and they can win, we saw Rennes winning there, we saw yeah. Lyon winning there. There's no reason why Lens, who are a much better team than the other two, right. don't go there and win as well and close the gap to three points. It will be really fascinating. I think Lens have everything that PSG hates. The, the, the high intensity, the mm. pressure, they run so much. There's a lot of movement. It's a back five as well. And... And yeah, Galtier PSG don't like that. So it'd be very, very interesting to see uh, what happens on Saturday night. Well, that sounds exciting. Jules, anything else from Liga? Just uh, what we mentioned at the beginning mm. uh, of the show on Desiree Doué, the young 17-year-old um, Rennes midfielder, very talented, who got taken off by Pep Genesio 17 minutes after coming on. He came on in the 70th minute when they were 2-1 down at Lyon. And then he took him off in the 87th, which I think... It's a humiliation. I, I just don't. I don't think it works with any players, seventeen-year-old or thirty-six-year-old. Mm. I don't think you just do that. I'm sorry, unless there's a sending off or there's a red card and you need to change something. You don't take off a, a sub that you've just brought on fifteen minutes earlier. It's ridiculous, and he humiliated him. And if you look at those seventeen minutes that Dwayne spent on the pitch, mm. there's not even something that he did wrong. Really, he he lost the ball a couple of times, but he made three successful dribbles. There, there was not something that you would have jumped and said, oh yeah, he's really out of it, let's take him off. Right. So I don't so, understand why Genesio uh, did that, uh, but it's really bad. He didn't apologize to the player either. No, no, no. But that's not what Pep Genesio does. He's, he's Pep Genesio for, for a reason. Leon won this game. Yeah, 3-1, yeah. 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 But Genesio didn't really cover himself in glory with that. Right. I, I disagree, yeah. Okay. I'm not okay with that. All right. Excellent. So we got uh, PSG Lens on Saturday. Yeah. James, what have you got that people should tune in for this weekend? Go on. Try to sell us your Udinese Roma game. Go on. Yeah, it's true, Jules. We're going to be doing Udinese Roma live on Sunday. <laughs> Love it. We're going to bring all the goals, probably two or three of them, uh, 
from the other matches beforehand. In the entire league this entire season, league. this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Alvaro, what about you? What do you got? The past derby, Athletic Real Sociedad. Past derby, woo! Yeah. When's that going to be? On Saturday, 3.15. So we can't uh, you watch can't it. We can't, can't see it. Watch it. Oh. Unless you have a trick to watch it. And but I don't have a trick. <laughs> but I guess someone will be showing it delayed, perhaps. Mm. Oh. Or maybe I'll just read your live tweeting. Yeah, that will do. That will do. Brilliant. Magnificent. Well, that'll do for today's Totally Football show. Not what sure does we... Rafa have this week? Oh, he's not here. Not here. Sure, we'll be tuning into those games and more. Many thanks in the meantime to producer Charlie, Alvaro, Jules, James, Rafa, and you, listener, from all of us here, it's goodbye. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Discover bonus video content by searching for The Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Totally Football Show is an athletic media company production and sponsored by LiveScore Bet. Get the latest football betting odds at livescorebet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. The Athletic.